You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Well, 2021's going. The good news for you is we don't talk politics on this show. So this is your escape. We're going to talk about everything that's going on lately with Arkansas basketball and football. And, uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you have not done so already. And give us a thumbs up if you like the show. Also available on YouTube, give us a like. Hit the notifications bell after you hit subscribe so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to throw us a five-star rating and leave a review if you like the show. Let other know what to expect. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month. So go to hawgsports.com and you can read all of our VIP content. Or if you want to just enjoy our free stuff, you can sign up for a free account. Uh, also sign up for our newsletter. Sign up for our free text alerts. Great way to follow the Hogs and enjoy our free content. All right, let's jump right into it. 2021 has got off to a crazy start, of course. But again, like I said, we don't talk politics on here. We're not talking COVID, although I am locked down right now due to contact tracing. Daughter's at home, wife's at home. We're going to treat it kind of like a vacation of sorts. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so I want you guys to go ahead and get your questions in because we're gonna we're gonna have kind of a uh, feedback driven show today after we get over a few uh, a few key items. Obviously, Curtis Wilkerson does a great job with our basketball show. We're gonna touch on some basketball stuff, but if you really want the in depth breakdown and analysis, you're gonna want to tune into Hog Hoops Live. That'll be after the midweek show, and we'll get after. Uh, so the midweek show on Hog Hoops Live, it comes at, you know after the midweek game. So if the midweek game is on Wednesday, which it is this week against LSU, uh, then Curtis will be on Thursday with you guys. So, But K.K. Robinson, freshman guard, um, one of the top prospects in the class of 2020, is out for the remainder of the season with a foot injury. He had surgery on Sunday uh, to repair a bone in, in his foot, a fracture. So uh, yesterday he got x-rayed. Musselman said during the press conference on Friday there was nothing on the x-ray. He'll have an MRI today. I guess that showed up. Uh, And then I'm assuming the trainers and doctors will look and try to determine what the course of action is. So obviously the course of action was surgery. We'll talk with Eric Musselman, I believe, at 2 o'clock today. Get a little bit inside of what's going on this week with Razorback Hoops. Arkansas coming off a 99-69 win over Georgia. On Saturday, it was a fun game to watch. Arkansas needed a bounce-back game. Georgia just forgot to come out in the second half. And Arkansas, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a different lineup. Devontae Davis, Devo, 20 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, 37 minutes. He's been coming. He's been coming lately. Moses Moody also had a nice game, so kind of led by the freshman there. 25 points for Moses Moody. Did not see a lot of Connor Vanover, obviously. Zero points. He only played three minutes. Two minutes in the first, one in the second. Started both, and it was out. Had a traveling call early. You know, I think just with the pace of this game, with it being such an up-and-down game, just did not quite fit his skill set. There will be other times where Connor Vanover is needed 
and we've seen where he's been needed. He's been in a little bit of a slump, obviously. He started off really strong, hit a little bit of a slump, slump from three-point line. Obviously, we want to see him finish stronger. I think he tried to do that and ended up traveling early in the game. But there will be games where he's needed. Just looking ahead at the schedule, Arkansas has LSU on Wednesday in Baton Rouge and then Saturday at Alabama. Both these teams are playing really well. The LSU game is at 6 o'clock on ESPN2 on Wednesday. And then Curtis will be with you on Thursday, probably around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning the next day. And then Alabama at Alabama at 2.30 on SEC Network on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. So two road games this week. Can they win them both? Can they win one? Don't need to lose both of them. SEC standings right now, as I mentioned, Alabama and LSU are both playing well. Alabama's 4-0, 9-3 overall, won five in a row. LSU has won two in a row. They're 3-1 and one in SEC play, 8-2 and two overall. So both those teams playing well. Alabama's 5-1 and one at home. LSU's 6-0 and oh at home. Arkansas currently 10-2, and 2-2 two, two and two overall. Wins over Auburn and then, of course, Georgia. So if you want more, obviously, on Razorback basketball, more in-depth analysis, again, be sure to ch- check out Hog Hoops Live with our hoops man, Curtis Wilkerson. He does a great job. If you don't follow Curtis on Twitter, it's Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. It's a great follow, a lot of great analysis, does Razorback. You know, he doesn't just, like, do – you know, simple game stories and stuff. He takes deep dives into each game, uh, you know, post-game and pre-game. Uh, also covers recruiting and stuff. So if you like that kind of content, which we know you do if you're a Razorback fan, then um, you're going to want to follow Curtis Wilkerson and also read his content at hogsports.com. So the latest stuff with Arkansas football, of course, uh, Kenny Guyton, we talked about that a little bit, has been hired as the uh, the wide receivers coach, uh, replacing Justin Stepp, who's actually meeting with the media right now in, uh, in Columbia, well, via Zoom, but he's meeting with the uh, South Carolina media right now. And so the latest thing happening, uh, Deion Edwards has entered the transfer portal. So Dion came in, I believe, class of 2016. He was a redshirt senior, a guy who came in as a safety out of Florida, and just he just hasn't played a whole lot at Arkansas. He was injured a good bit of the year. So certainly don't blame him for looking for other options. A lot of these guys, you know, Jack Lindsey, taking advantage of the forgiven year of 2020 by the NCAA and eligibility, taking advantage of that and, uh, and looking for an opportunity to play somewhere. And I don't think there's any problem with that. Um, so I believe that takes us to – I mean, I think there's just like four guys left who are scholarship seniors who haven't made any kind of formal announcement. So, right now you've got Hayden Henry. We haven't heard anything official on Hayden Henry, outside linebacker, true senior. So, he would be coming back. He'd be, you know, in his fifth year since high school. Tyson Morris. Now, Hayden Henry was a former blue shirt who came to Arkansas, you know, as a blue shirt with the intention to go on scholarship the following semester. Tyson Morris is a former walk-on. Now, I could see Tyson coming back just because he sat out a year uh, after transferring from Central Oklahoma. So, really just three years of eligibility that he's had. So, I could see him coming back, but he hasn't announced anything. Micah Smith, who also came in in 2016, safety, nickel-type guy who also had a lot of injuries. Kind of very similar situation, you know, as – Deion Edwards in terms of coming into Arkansas the same year, the amount of playing time he's received. He's actually played a little bit more 
actually played a little more last year. Played in 11 to 12 games, but only played once this season because of injuries. A.J. Reed, the transfer from Duke. So those are the only guys we're, we're waiting on right now. Xavier Kelly, defensive tackle uh, from Clemson, he's moving on. Jonathan Marshall is moving on to, you know, both those guys have, you know, declared for the NFL. Felipe Franks is moving on, going to try his hand at the NFL. Jack Lindsay is transferring, former walk-on quarterback. Deion Edwards, as we mentioned, is moving on. Myron Cunningham is staying at Arkansas. That's a big get, get him back, starting left tackle. Grant Morgan, who was just named Walter Camp All-American, deservedly. Congratulations, Grant Morgan. I mean, that's that's a big deal because you're going to be like your name's going to be plastered in Razorback Stadium, you know, because of this, and it's going to be plastered in the Fred W. Smith Center. You know, people are always going to see Grant Morgan's name as they should. By the way, love the Burlesworth Award. What are you doing though? This guy is from. He's the first guy from Arkansas nominated. He clearly deserves it. And I'm not saying the offensive lineman from Pitt didn't deserve it, but come on, Burlesworth. That's the most Arkansas thing. I mean, come on. It's an Arkansas award named after an Arkansas player. We have a guy in Arkansas who is so deserving of it. There are Arkansans who vote on this award. And an offensive lineman from Pitt, again, I'm sure he's deserving, but I guess Grant Morgan can win it next year. But, man, come on now. Take care of your own. I mean, all these guys, I'm sure, are equally deserving of the award. Arkansas kid, right there. Ty Clary's coming back. Started, uh, what did he start, like seven games or something this year? Devion Warren is coming back, who has an ACL, so he'll be limited in the spring. But he was a guy that's, that played pretty well for him, 15 catches, 278 yards before he tore his ACL. Blake Kern's coming back. That's a big one. You know, Blake, I think out of all the guys, probably the least expected of him going into the season. Ended up being a really good contributor for them. So, T.J. Ham is coming back. We don't know wide receiver, running back, a combination. You know, they're going to have like 16 scholarship wide receivers next year. So, maybe we see him at running back where there may be a little bit more need. Dorian Gerald returning. Obviously, injuries, play, injuries played a big role in that. I think he had his eyes set on the NFL, but it makes a lot of sense for him to come back. So that's where things stand right now with the 16 seniors who finished out the season. Grant Morgan led, tied for the lead in the nation with 12.3 tackles per game. All-American. Former walk-on. Didn't, didn't win the Burlesworth. I'm just disappointed in, in that. And, again, the other guy probably deserved but all these guys deserve it. All these guys overcame the odds. Arkansas guy. Uh, Takias Crawford, we, we had a pretty good sense that he was committing to Arkansas. He delayed it. So, again, 6'5", 335, this is, this is what they're supposed to look like. He is enrolled on campus. All the guys that are supposed to enroll early have enrolled. I think there's like 13 of them. So, a huge number of early enrollees. It's great news. Get those guys started early. I got to give props to my man, Josh Pate. So, 24-7 Sports came out with their way too early top 25. And it's too early because the national championship game hasn't been played yet for next year. Which that is tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Alabama is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio State, which 
is good enough to be there, obviously. Do they deserve to be there? After playing basically five games, do they deserve to be in the Big Ten title game? Now they've played six. Now they've played seven games. I mean, they're talented enough, but, I mean, you got to make it through a, a reasonable schedule, I would think. I mean, I, Ohio State's here is because, you know, the Big Ten bent their rules. They bent over and figured out a way to get Ohio State in there, which I'd still be ticked off if I was Indiana. But, again, Indiana had their chance to beat them, but they didn't fit the qualifications to play in the Big Ten title game. Anyway, long story short, these are the two best teams. Okay, so, I mean, we can throw out, do they deserve to be there, which they don't because they didn't because of the schedule. But these are probably the two best teams. I think it'll be a battle. I, I mean, eight and a half points, that might be too much. I don't know. You never know how things shake out at the end. But Alabama's got a heck of a team. Will this be Nick Saban's last game? I don't think it will be. All right. Let's look at this top 25. Again, I was giving Josh Pate props because Josh Pate put Arkansas 20th. So they had a, a, a panel of several uh, several people voting. I'm actually, let's see. It was Brad Crawford, Bud Elliott, Chris Hummer, Brandon Marcello, Josh Pate, and Trey Scott. So it was six people. Uh, Josh Pate put Arkansas at 20th in the country. So they got five points in the others receiving votes. I think it's pretty notable that anybody on a national scale would look at Arkansas and say, 20th, right? So here's the poll. Alabama, number one. Oklahoma, two. Clemson, three. Georgia, four. Ohio State, five. North Carolina, six. Iowa State, seven. Notre Dame, eight. Texas A&M, eight. Tied. Cincinnati, 10th. That's the top 10. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I'll mention some other SEC schools. Florida is at 11. Uh, is that all the SEC schools? LSU is at 21. And then others receiving vote. Auburn is at 8. Arkansas is at 5. Ole Miss with 2. That's everybody. That Louisiana spot is notable because if we look ahead to Arkansas's schedule next season, that Texas game is big on September 11th in Fayetteville. But Texas opens that week with Louisiana. Louisiana's got a bit, you know, they've got a good thing going with Billy, Billy Napier. So it's not like Texas can say, we got to look to this Arkansas game. They've got to pay attention to, to Louisiana. They've got to be ready for that game. Texas will have a new quarterback. Sam Ellinger has uh, opted to turn pro. They'll have a new head coach and Steve Sarkeesian. That's an interesting matchup because Arkansas is in year two and you know Texas is you know not completely starting over obviously Texas recruits at a pretty high level they've got talented players but new coach new quarterback so that's interesting this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When we look at this schedule for Arkansas in 2021, they open with Rice. Let's look at these non-conference games first of all. Because, I I mean, how many games should Arkansas win next year to take a step forward? I mean, technically, like if you looked at the season, you would say, this past season, you'd say, all right, they definitely would have won three non-conference games based on how they played this year. So they would have won the three non-conference games. You know, probably not Notre Dame, but they would have won the three non-conference, Okay. Uh, and then they won three conference games that were scheduled in you know early in the season. So they would have won six games this season, not including what they might have done in a bowl game. So they would have won six regular season games. So is six an improvement? I would say you know maybe you need to to win seven to say okay that's a step forward. But they should beat Rice on September fourth. They should beat Georgia Southern on September eighteenth. And they should obviously beat UAPB on October 23rd. So that's three right there. Okay. The other games in, at home are Auburn, which Auburn will have a new coach. And what's the other one? Mississippi State, which Arkansas beat on the road last year. So if they take care of business at home in the SEC, that's five. Okay. I wouldn't rule out the Texas game for Arkansas as a win possibility. I mean, it's going to be a tough one. Obviously, Texas fans are going to think they're supposed to win. Arkansas fans think may think they're supposed to win. So, you got te- you got Texas play Missouri in War Memorial Stadium. Forgot about that one. That's another home game. So, M- Missouri game is in War Memorial. So, can they end the, the streak against Missouri? They should have ended it this past year, but that's another possibility. At Ole Miss, at LSU, at Georgia, at Alabama. Some tough road games. But I think Arkansas, I mean, I'm not going to like sit down and make a, a way too early prediction on their record right now, but I don't think seven wins is out of the realm of possibility for next year. And that would be a nice step forward. Y'all ought to follow, uh, if you're not paying attention to Danny West's big red boards for 2022, today he updated wide receivers. Obviously, Arkansas, um, Quincy McAdoo committed to Florida State over the weekend. That definitely ties in to Justin Stepp leaving, who had you know a good connection with him going to South Carolina. And a lot of people said, like, why didn't he just follow Justin Stepp to South Carolina? I think it's just the combo of Arkansas and, you know, his lead recruiter and Justin Stepp being at Arkansas, you know, versus – not the same thing. You just have Justin Stepp way over in South Carolina. He's obviously had some good connections with Florida State. We're over a year away from the second National Signing Day, less just a little bit under a year from the early National Signing Day. So there's a lot to be done. And, um, you know, Kenny Guyton has been on the job a week. <laughs> so um, we'll see how things turn out there. But a long time to go before that. So – that's pretty much the things I want to cover. Like I said, I want to, 
I want to make this a feedback-driven show, so let's see what we've got here. Randall Files says, any chance that Odom is leaving? Not for Texas, he's not. I mean, there's been discussion with other things like, you know, LSU and whatever. I, I, I made it pretty clear before on the show that I think that, you know, when he decided uh, to come with Sam Pittman to Arkansas, that he'd be here at least a couple of years. He bought a house in Fayetteville. I don't think as an assistant coach that you buy a house unless you're planning on staying somewhere a while. So I think his friendship with Sam Pittman and, um, you know, just everything he's been through, I think it makes sense for him to stay at Arkansas. I don't think that he – I think the next job he leaves Arkansas for will, you know, and I don't know what his NFL aspirations are, but, that, I mean, that's, I guess, a possibility. But uh, I think the next job he leaves Arkansas for will probably be a head coaching job, not a coordinator job. Pat Gamble says, go Razorbacks. N.P. Rich says, we pick Suey. Um, stack it up Sosa says is Moses Moody one and done it's possible uh, I have seen him projected in the top 10 of the next draft so yeah I mean if he's a top 10 or lottery pick projection then yeah, absolutely he's probably a one and done Lynn Summerlin Bullard says hi Trey hi mom Nathan E. Allen says, hi, Trey, what's the ceiling for Pittman at Arkansas? I'm an alumni and a huge fan, but I don't see Arkansas ever winning a national championship. I think 11-12 wins is the max a coach can get here. I don't think he answered it. I mean, I don't see why um, – you know, here's the deal. You have to obviously recruit your way out of it. Um, and win, you got to win with good players before you can win with great players. But I don't see any reason that Sam Pittman can't take this program up to – you know, a 10 or 11 win season here and there. You know, people always say, you know, what's Arkansas? Arkansas, you know, needs to get to where they're winning eight games a year. But I don't I don't see it that way. I see, like, building a program, you know, in the more long term is more like, you know, you might win four games your first year and then the next year, you know, six and then eight. And then you might dip down after that. You know, you might have – to rebuild some things, have a quarterback change. and But you don't dip down to four, you dip down to five, you know. And then you go, you know, seven, and then you go nine. And then maybe you dip down again, you know. But you don't dip down to five, you dip down to six this time, you know. And then you go eight, and then you go ten. That's kind of how I've always thought of it. So I've never been like, you know, Arkansas needs to win eight games a year. I'm fine with having dips as the program builds, you know. But just keep going up. Kind of like Bitcoin. Anybody following Bitcoin? Bitcoin kind of did this. I think they're bouncing back a little bit today. Went up to 40-something. Now they're down to 30. I think they're maybe back up to 33. Correcting. Kelby Sutterfield says, Can you explain that award? What is it for? Not familiar. What award did I say? What award was I talking about? That award, the Walter Camp All-American Award, is just an All-American. Just, a, just a, I mean, it's one of the, it's probably not quite as revered as the AP All-American or the Coaches All-American, but it is very well regarded. Football Writers Association uh, is, does one. Walter Camp does one. Walter Camp also does a Player of the Year Award, which is kind of like their version of the Heisman. By the way, my Heisman vote, I can say that now, 
was Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask in that order. Josh T. Stone says, best part of my day, we pick Suey from Gravit. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate that. Oh, you were asking about the Burlesworth. Of course, yeah, I was obviously talking about that. So, Kelby, the Burlesworth Award is an award started in honor of Brandon Burlesworth, who was tragically killed in a car wreck back in 99 or 2000. Um, after being a third-round selection by the Indianapolis Colts. He was a former walk-on at Arkansas, a guy that nobody thought could do it, and just worked his tail off. Had a great attitude, work ethic, and uh, really is the example for all walk-ons. And so um, I think like seven or eight years ago, they they started an award for, for Brandon. Ethan Malone says, what's Lucas Coley's ceiling? It's hard to say because quarterback is the most difficult position to evaluate. Now, Lucas was has always played quarterback. He was, you know, he's going to be, like, very polished as a quarterback, you know, compared to most coming out of high school. Uh, but he's going to be very polished. And, you know, he's listed at, like, 6'1". He might be actually a little bit taller than that. Uh, didn't put up a huge stats this season, I think largely because of, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Uh, but... Um, that's a good question and really one that we could probably better answer once they get on a college campus. I've never seen Lucas Coley in person. I've seen him on video. He was on Friday Night Tykes <laughs> when he was a kid, but I haven't seen him in person. So that's a, a difficult one to answer, especially given the fact that quarterback is such a, a hard position. But what I like about Coley is he did what you would like a quarterback to do, and that is become Arkansas's best recruiter as a player. Now, he was really working as a recruiter. Cedric White says, who are you leading towards winning the quarterback battle? It's a great question, too. It's going to be really intriguing to watch this. Now, Lucas Coley is enrolled also now, so maybe he has a little bit of a say in the quarterback competition. But to me, I think I think KJ, just because he has a little more experience, um, you know, we got a good sample of him in the Missouri game. But this is going to be a very even battle. And, you know, even though they'll name a starter out of camp, they've got to name somebody, right? These ga- these jobs are usually, in my opinion, decided during the game, during a game. You know, whether sometimes it's an injury, sometimes it's poor play, you know, and another guy gets a shot and, and things change. I mean, if you think about it under Chad Morris, out of camp um, – the first time, Cole Kelly was the starter, and Ty Story saved him in the opener, you know, and ended up play, uh, playing a lot more. And out of the next one, Ben Hicks was the starter, but Nick Starkle, at least early on, seemed like the better option at quarterback, and quarterback was never really decided that season. I mean, they were all over the place. So it really doesn't mean a whole lot out of camp. It's just, you know, starter and name only. Lucas Coley's ceiling, that's kind of a – oh, I answered that, sorry. But, yeah, I think I'll go with K.J. right now, but they're two di- very different quarterbacks. You know, K.J. is long. Um, he's a bull. At, you know, I think he's listed at 236 pounds, so he can move a pile. He's got a really strong arm. We've talked about his throwing motion. You know, he kind of had that, you know, where you just bring it straight up. It's called a hitch. We just bring it straight up and really didn't have that much velocity, didn't get a lot of uh, uh, rotation on the ball. Um, when I saw him in high school, I remember thinking, hmm, he's got some work to do on that. 
Um, but he was completing passes. He was accurate, and obviously he had a successful high school career. But uh, I think one reason we see K.J. sail it a little bit is because he has had to rework his throwing motion. And his arm strength is dramatically improved from what I saw from him in high school, you know, where he just kind of shot put it a little bit. Now he's got, you know, a much better wind-up um, – yeah, he just he, he throws the ball a lot better now. So they reworked that. And Malik Hornsby is already polished as a passer. You know, there's obviously things that probably go up beyond my understanding of, you know, footwork, stance, all those kinds of things. But he's got a nice arm, got good whip, and um, he can really run. He was probably – if he wasn't the fastest quarterback prospect, like legitimate quarterback prospect in the country in 2020 – um, you know, he was top five probably. So he's a little bit different. 6'2", 186 guy, electric speed. That kind of intrigues me. Like when I think about the future with a guy like A.J. Green, who has a personal best of 10'3", 800 meters, uh, as a state champion 6A in Oklahoma in the 100-meter dash. It kind of intrigues me, the idea of having him in the backfield also with a guy like Malik Hornsby. It kind of makes me think a little Steve Slayton, Pat White, you know, West Virginia, something like that. So it is going to be a really interesting battle. I don't have a favorite right now, but if, you know, if I was forced to say, I would say KJ, mainly because of experience. Doyle Bolger says, is this year's linebackers the best we have had in the past decade? Coming up this season? Well, I mean, you'd have to figure it'd be better than last year's because everybody is back and the young guys are older. So possibly the best in a decade. I mean, Martrell Spate was a heck of a linebacker. Brooks Ellis, Martrell Spate. They've been thin, though, this whole decade. So it's possible, yeah. I mean, you've got an All-American in Grant Morgan. Bumper pulls back. Levi Draper will be healthy. He was injured in the Georgia game. So it's possible that you could say that. Hayden Henry, if he comes back. But it's not – at the same time, Doyle, it's like not saying a whole lot, you know, that it would be the best in a decade. I mean, like Grant, I love him. He's a great player at Arkansas. But he is going to be limited at the next level, you know, in terms of his drafts. There have been plenty of linebackers that play under six feet tall. But it's going to impact his draft status, you know. We'll see. Matt Kirk says, do we know, are there any transfers coming in the wide receiver room that Step now that Step is gone? Transfers, I mean, well, there's Jaqueline Crawford. I don't know if that counts because he came in last year. But Jaqueline Crawford's a four-star from Oklahoma, shifty wide receiver. He was going to be eligible to play in the bowl game. But aside from that, that's not like an area of emphasis. They want to bring in another offensive lineman. They want to bring in two defensive linemen. They got four spots. They used one post-signing day with Takias Crawford. So they got four, three spots left, another offensive lineman, and then um, two defensive linemen is what they would like to go with. All right, Don Eldred. I've got to look up this word, ecumenical. <laughs> You're supposed to, so eighth grade reading level here. A peer-reviewed academic journal. I, I can't. I can't even find it. But when I voted for Trask, you also have to remember um, the deadline for voting was before before the bowl games, right? Even though it was given after the bowl games, 
that deadline was the deadline was um, at that time. I've lost my page. See what you've done. You see what's happened here. You throw in a word like that that I don't know. Yeah, I've completely lost my spot. All right, give me a minute, guys. This is Don's fault. No idea where it is. I'm going to have to ban him. I'm going to have to ban you, Don. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can backdoor my way in this. All right, I've, I've backdoored my way in here a little bit. Don, I'm not reading any more of your stuff now. <laughs> Someone who promotes unity among different churches. Yeah. Well, you totally screwed me over, Don. Matt Kirk says, I mean, I meant do we have any guys leaving the program? Oh, leaving. Not that I know of right now. No. At, at wide receiver. Uh, Cedric White says, with the, senior, with the re returning seniors, is, that, is this upcoming season the deepest we have been on defense? They weren't deep on defense last year, so maybe I don't. It's hard for me to say because Arkansas is always a little too thin on defense. Now I look at the secondary. I mean, everybody's back except for Miles Mason, so you do lose a player in Miles Mason, but you got some good young, talented players like Nick Turner, Miles Slusher coming up, uh, plus the guys that you've added. You know, last year, Malik Chavis also is another guy that's uh, you know quality younger player. So in the secondary, it's about as deep as I can ever remember. I will say that in the secondary. At linebacker, I think a lot depends on whether Hayden Henry comes back. Uh, Levi Draper, what kind of player is he? Is Andrew Parker going to continue to take steps forward and be an actual contributor for them? Uh, is Zach Zymus, is he ready to contribute on a bigger level? So possibly, I think it hurts losing both your uh, top defensive tackles. Well, I'll say that Isaiah Nichols is probably your number two defensive tackle last year. So two of your top three defensive tackles are gone. But you do have some good young guys who have a lot of promise, okay? Uh, and we'll see what they do in recruiting. You know, there's also guys like Andy Boykin, uh, Marcus Miller, you know, guys that are really big-bodied players um, who are younger. So defensive end, I think, is has got some pretty good depth. They, they don't have a guy that's like – you're like, you know, this guy – can really get to the quarterback and is going to get, you know, 12 sacks this year. You know, that I, we haven't seen that guy yet. Now, Julius Coates, maybe he could be that. But with Coates coming back, um, I would say probably when you look at the defense as a whole, maybe you're right. You know, it might be the deepest that they've been in a long, long time on defense, especially if some of these young guys on the defensive line uh, can step up and make an impact. Uh, you know, and, you know, basically what I said, Levi Draper and those guys. I'm not reading any more of your posts, Don. <laughs> I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you, Don. Ecumenial. Ecumenial. I can't even say it. Eighth grade reading level, everybody. That's what we're doing. That is the number one rule for like newspaper writing and stuff like that. You keep it at an eighth grade reading level. Marcus Martin says, who do you think gives Arkansas the best chance to win at quarterback? It's too early to say. But, I mean, we saw a pretty good sample size of K.J. Jefferson in the Missouri game, right? I mean, he 
he, I mean, Arkansas was up by 10 points going into the fourth quarter of that game, and he led into two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. You would think that Arkansas would win the game, but the defense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So, i say the favorites right now has got to be KJ. James Jennings says, I know Henry hasn't made any official decision yet. What are your thoughts on him returning? I have heard conflicting that some people say he's considering not coming back. Some people say he's coming back. So, it's been conflicting, but I think that he would be a nice addition. I mean, he's he's helped them every year, especially, you know, the last couple of years. It would be nice for him to come back for depth, like we were talking about earlier. Andrew Myrick says, have they figured out where Kenny's recruiting regions are? I figured Texas was part of it. Texas has got to be a part of it. Houston, I mean, you can put him in Houston alone and he can do some work in there. So, I would say uh, definitely East Texas. Houston's got to be a big part of it. I mean, he spent four years as a coach there. He's from Houston. Maybe you let him pick up, uh, peek in, you know, in the Midwest or something. But I, I would say just put him in Texas. Just wondering if he had any other connections in the Southeast region. I mean, he really hasn't been anywhere. He's coached in Louisiana, so maybe maybe at Louisiana Tech. So maybe there's some Louisiana tie there. I don't know. There's no reason to go out to Colorado, obviously. I would say Texas. Keep him in Texas. Maybe maybe he's got some area in Louisiana. Alan Jeter says, it sounds like we are really getting in good shape with quality depth on the offensive line, which in my opinion is where it all starts. Absolutely does. I mean, you get seven guys back with significant starting experience, plus you have some young guys like Marcus Henderson, Ray Curry Jr., and Tikeas Crawford, who's adding. We'll, we'll see if he gets some eligibility back. Um, who else we have coming back? Let's see. There is oh, Jalen St. John, who was – about 260 pounds last year. He's trimmed up. And then you got some guys that you've added to the mix, but, you know, obviously you'd like to redshirt the young guys coming in. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking about possibly, what is it, 17 offensive linemen on scholarship right now and with the potential to get to 18 if nobody else leaves and they do add another guy like they want to. That's as good a shape as they've been in that I can remember from a number standpoint. Stop laughing at me, Don. <laughs> Nathan Post says, what high school did Kenny go to in Houston? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I just remember he's from there. Tommy Stevens says, do you see Rocket at running back? I could see Rocket at running back, wide receiver combo, kind of like a lot of like they used Traylon Burks this year in a similar role. Maybe a little bit more on the running back side, though. The numbers are strong at wide receiver this year. But I think he can do both. Zach Wall says, what do you think about McAdoo committing to Florida State? Big-time in-state recruit, I guess. He just had a better relationship with Florida State coaches. Well, I think that dates back to their time at Memphis. Uh, again, it's a long time until National Signing Day for 2022. So, we're a long ways off from that. But, um, I mean, with Step leaving, who is his main connection there, I mean, I can see making that decision. But, again, it's a long way from over. I mean, Kenny Guyton hasn't even had a chance, really to talk to him. So, we'll see. Ethan Malone says, in your opinion, is Mizzou a rival? I hate to say it, but I do. Can't beat – can't seem to beat them. Missouri's a rival now. Um, they're more than just a manufactured rival. And the reason they are is because Arkansas 
has a better football program. They have bigger fan base. They have better facilities. They have more money. They have all of these things, and Missouri beats them. Okay, so if you're an Arkansas fan and that's your line of thinking, and I don't, Missouri, don't get mad. That's how Arkansas fans feel about you. They feel like they're better than you. So when you have that sense that you're better than somebody and they continually beat you, then yes, that is an avenue towards rivalry. And Tommy Hill says Kenny G went to Aldine Eisenhower High School. Aldine. All right. I feel pretty good about it, everybody. Got thrown off a little bit there in the middle of the show because of Don and his fancy words. But um, that's the show. Now, as I mentioned before, if you haven't tuned in for Hog Hoops Live and you love Razorback basketball, which we know you all do, you're going to want to tune in. That show will be Thursday, uh, late morning, mid-morning type of something like that. Um, But it will be Thursday. And uh, Curtis does a great job hosting that show. So be sure to tune in for that. And we'll be back with you guys next week. And, um, yeah, that's it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. We'll catch you next time.